Hey, Zach, man. Today's the big day. Did you brush your teeth for those close-ups? Uh, Johnny, we gotta talk. Uh, we'll talk later. There's no time. We got a spot to... No, Johnny, shooting this commercial just doesn't seem right after what happened last night. Yeah, it was a great party, wasn't it? Come on, Johnny, you know what I mean. Come on, give me a break. It was just a little pot. How can you smoke pot last night and tell these kids not to do it today? Look, what I do at home is my business. Come on, buddy, lighten up. And I thought you were real cool. And a million other kids still do, but you know what? We were wrong. What do you want from me? Don't do this commercial. Hey, Deej, everybody makes mistakes, and we know how hard it is when the other kids are drinking and they offer you a drink. I and... know drinking is wrong. We already had this talk. That's why I didn't do it. I'm telling you the truth. All right, like you were telling us the truth about your homework, and you weren't exactly honest about this marching backup band tonight. That was totally different. You believe me, don't you, Dad? I'd like to, but you do smell like beer. Someone spilled it on me, really? DJ, go to your room. I'm gonna talk to Jesse, and then I'll come up and talk to you. This is so unfair. Hello, 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 and welcome to the 90s TV Hour, the show where we pick a theme and watch two 90s shows that fit that theme. Today I was inspired by last episode's lessons on saying no to drugs and alcohol, and I have a new and exciting guest to join me on this journey. Please welcome Brandon from the Dueling Ogres podcast. Hey, Brandon. Hi, Jen. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to have you here. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. I loved your lesson about a fish called Martin. Yeah. It, it was just, it was really funny, and uh, I really liked the screenshot that I found, too, to represent oh, yeah. your lesson. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing that gets me about that screenshot is it looks like it's actually just a dead fish. It does. <laughs> but it has suds all over it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, don't don't give your goldfish a bubble bath. That was the lesson. And I think that's a very important lesson. <laughs> it's something that stuck with me for sure. I mean, it was a carnival goldfish, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, that thing's lifespan was going to be like a week anyway. Exactly. So she was going to learn that lesson either way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Brandon, we're going to try to do something a little different today. You know, I'm always trying to keep things fresh and crazy. So rather than just me recapping both episodes, you graciously offered to pick one of the episodes and recap that one, and then I'll take the reins on recapping the other. Does that sound good? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I have an entire steno pad full of notes here for this episode we're going to discuss. Oh my God, a man after my own heart. I love it. I'm so excited. All right. So why don't we start with your episode? What did you pick for us today, Brandon? Okay, I picked what ended up being a lot more of a classic episode than I realized when I first suggested this episode to you. Uh, this was season three, episode 21 of Saved by the Bell. The episode was called No Hope with Dope, which I think a lot of people automatically, if they know Saved by the Bell at all, are going to recognize the title of this episode. Well, anytime you have a lesson that rhymes, you've got a winner. Oh, yeah, the rhyming just kind of hammers at home. So, and then cracking open my dusty TV guide that I have still stuck underneath my bed from <laughs> 1991. Uh, the, the TV guide description says, A teen idol, played by Eddie Garcia, chooses Bayside to film an anti-drug commercial, but the gang feels betrayed when they learn he smokes pot. Was Eddie Garcia somebody to note? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I, I looked him up and his, I care, his only other thing was something really weird. He's a dancer. He, he's like a backup dancer in a lot of movies. All I know is that he was <laughs> Tiffany Amber Thiessen's boyfriend. I think that it, that's how he got the gig. Yeah, I was. I guess this will go to later, but I was reading that he was hanging out on set a lot, and that's pretty much how he was cast as Johnny Dakota. Interesting. Okay, yes. interesting. Okay, so the episode opens up with Lisa Turtle running through the halls, stoked that Johnny Dakota is going to show up. And... In the Saved by the Bell world, he is this super famous teen actor, best known for... They name a couple movies, but my favorite that sticks out is Skateboard High. I heard that too. I was like, oh my god, I want to see Skateboard High. <laughs> like, are there all hallways, like, just half pipes? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really paints you a picture in two words right there. You, you know exactly what Skateboard High is going to be. It's going to be totally tubular. Yeah, it's going to be skateboards and high schoolers. So let me pause you for a second, because I this is where the first thing that popped in my head. I need to know who you think Johnny Dakota is supposed to emulate. See, I almost, 
I almost feel like he was maybe a young Johnny Depp. Okay, I can or, see that. Or uh, Zach. Okay, so here's, here's my theory, and I think it's pretty sound. I think I'm going to convince you. Okay. I think he's supposed to be Keanu Reeves. Look okay. at his hair. First of all, his hair is very Keanu Reeves. Plus, uh, his name is Johnny Dakota. Keanu Reeves' character in Point Break, which came out this year, the same year that this episode aired, was Johnny Utah. Oh, okay. Also, if you think about it, this was a year after Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure came out, which everyone assumed was about a couple of stoners. Yeah, so, Bill and Ted being one of my favorite movies of all time, too. Absolutely. It totally holds up. If you have not seen it, you have not lived, go watch Bill and Ted. It's <laughs> incredible. Um, but it would totally make sense that he would seem like the perfect Hollywood hunk, which he continues to be to this day. Um, and then he secretly smokes weed. That's what I'm thinking the writers tried to emulate. So so just pretend it was Keanu Reeves for the rest of this episode. You know, and that that does hold up, too, because later on I'll get to... They mention a couple other fake music stars and movie stars, and all of them are very clearly rip-offs of real people, the names they have. Oh, okay. I, I didn't pay attention to that, so I'm, I'm excited to hear that later. Yeah, I think you're on to something. <laughs> so Johnny Dakota shows up at the school, and he is on a whirlwind trip of different high schools to record a uh, drug PSA somewhere. So Zach, being the super cool Zach guy that he is, immediately realizes he can benefit from this <laughs> and become famous. Yeah. So he goes out of his way to convince Johnny Dakota to record the PSA there. And the first thing he does is introduce him to Mr. Belding, who, did you notice that they get away with calling him Dick the entire episode? Like three or four times, and Belding doesn't say a word. Yeah, it, and they... They play it for laughs, too. Like, when he first introduces him, he's like, hey, let me introduce you to Dick. <laughs> I mean, it is funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was funny. It was just surprising because, yeah, like you said, Belding says nothing. It's just like, hey, Dick, what's up going on? Yeah, and he never would have gotten away with that if it wasn't for famous people being around. Yeah, exactly. Zach really is on a long leash on this one, I feel like. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, you have Johnny Dakota telling Mr. Belding or Dick what he's going to do. And one of my favorite lines from this entire show is he mentions that, yeah, we're recording a drug PSA for NBC. And Mr. Belding goes, whoa, NBC. <laughs> like, I know that it was on NBC at the time, but just his delivery is so... I, I didn't even have to look up and see what channel it was on to know that it was clearly NBC. Yeah, it's it's such a contractually obligated reaction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> NBC with all of their great programming. <laughs> Must see TV. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they end up taking him on a tour of the school. Jesse takes him aside to try to win him over with all of their history of academia. So Zach introduces Johnny Dakota to the rest of the kids at Bayside who do a really, really terrible white person rap. Oh my God. I was shocked the they stairs. didn't use that for the PSA. Hey Bayside, tell them who you are. <laughs> Here we go. We're Bayside students and we're no fools. We don't use drugs, this is just not cool. So if you get the offer, make sure you refuse. When it comes to drugs, just don't use. They put that together in five minutes. And then Johnny at this point, after he's, he doesn't even seem super oppressed by the rap, which I love. And then he meets Kelly, who is what, about 16 in this? Probably. Yeah. Or supposed to be. Yeah, she's 16. And he's clearly out of high school. I mean, he, I'm sure he's pushing 19, 20 at least. He's immediately enthralled with her and decides at that moment he's going to record there. And not only that, this is where I had another weird question. Okay, I have a very strange question. We're about to get deep here. So okay. when they meet, the audience is like hooping and hollering. Like they're freaking out. My question, what is the warm-up act for a Saved by the Bell taping? I learned back in the 90s about Jimmy Pardo. He was the Jimmy Pardo. He is the host of a podcast called Never Not Funny. And he's this amazing comedian. And he was the warm-up act for Late Night with Conan O'Brien back in the 90s. And he would do stand-up and give stuff away to keep the audience laughing and ready for fun and keep up the energy during a long taping where you have to take breaks and there's technical difficulties and stuff like that. And the only way that you can keep the audience engaged and distracted so that they don't see surprises and stuff is various little games and stand-up and all these other things to keep the audience interested. So... 
I need to know what the warm-up act for Saved by the Bell had to do to get them all hot and bothered for this, for this scene, for this episode. Like, so that they're just like, when Kelly appears, it's woohoo! Like, oh my god! <laughs> I, I I just I'm curious. Like, did they did they get a copy of Teen Beat and like show the centerfold? Did <laughs> <laughs> did they like give away Teen Spirit? deodorant i don't know what they did but they did something to get these girls all horny so that they would whoop and holler when kelly and johnny to go to meet i'm guessing it was a mixture of dope and the bayside kids rapping a lot (laughs) or maybe they told the audience hey this is a couple in real life or they were like hey we're using dope in this actual episode and we're gonna have a lot left over if you guys cheer (laughs) okay i i I agree with that one. At this point, though, the episode does take a somber turn. They find a roach in the bathroom. And uh, I think you and I both, when we watched this, were pretty upset at this point because they're trying to film a PSA here, and the last thing they need is to find a roach in the bathroom. This is going to make Johnny leave. I was upset by Screech's journey with this roach. <laughs> he thought they were Yeah, there is about a whole the little bug. vignette there. And I wrote down the name Herbert. His pet roach is named Herbert. And his pet roach is lonely and needs a girlfriend. And so when he hears that a roach was found, he's like, keep it. Hold on. I'll go get Herbert. (laughs) And he comes in and, of course, they've thrown it out. And he starts crying and says they've committed insecticide. (laughs) (laughs) It's so silly. Um, What are your thoughts on Screech as a character overall? You know, it's so tough. It's been, it's been, um, it's been tainted by Dustin yeah. Diamond's, you know, behavior since. And he's just such a scumbag that I can't, I, I really wish I could visit an alternate timeline where he turned out to be just like a normal guy. And I'd probably have a very fond memory of him because, you know, I remember like not thinking he was cute or anything, but being like, yeah, okay, I accept this. <laughs> more like this like that's really nice of them to let him just tag along that used to be how i saw him yeah it really kills it watching him making jokes and stuff laughing now knowing the things that he wrote about happened in his book and knowing that like 90 percent of them are probably made up at this point the Oh, who is it? It's Zach and Slater that are in there when Johnny Dakota comes in and immediately thinks, "Uh uh-oh, maybe they're smoking a roach. Which, knowing what happens later on in the episode, why doesn't he come in and be like, oh, cool, you guys smoke too? Well, it was his. Like, that's what it, I thought that was what it was trying to say, is like, that was his, and then he was like pretending it wasn't. And, like, testing them by being like, is this yours? Knowing it was his. Uh... So, like, if it wasn't his, and... I'm going to like put myself in his shoes as a former weed smoker. Whenever I saw any inkling that someone might be a smoker, whether it be getting a weed joke, uh, usually giggling when seeing 420, that, that was usually a good indication. I would definitely have done what Johnny did. I would have tested the waters and depending on their reaction, they would either get an invite or a snub. So I, I actually think it's quite realistic because I assume the roach was his. Because no one else in Bayside does drugs. <laughs> They're all perfect. Not even the big bully who has piercings and tries to give people mohawks for fun and wears a dog collar and wants to buy one for his mother. Not even he's doing drugs. So this is the most innocent school in all of history. So yeah, he ends up flushing the roach down the toilet. And then it cuts to like this small insular group of kids who are discussing what they're going to do for the PSA. So you have Zach, you have Slater, you have Jesse, you have Kelly, and then you have the big football player guy you were talking about who's now inexplicably dressed like a punk. Yeah, he's going through an emo phase. It's fine. We all do it. (laughs) And you have his girlfriend who, has she been in any other episodes? Or is she just... Okay, his girlfriend, Blaze, which which I love. I don't know if they chose the name Blaze. That's her biblical name. Yes, that's her Christian name. (laughs) Her her God-given name is Blaze. Yeah. So they all sit and tell stories about why drugs are bad. And it's an anti-pot PSA. Their whole argument seems to be, and they weren't even doing the slippery slope, like, well, if you do weed, you'll eventually get into heroin and crack and stuff. Yeah, they had already done that with Jesse with the caffeine pills episode, which she talks about. I can't believe it. She actually talks about it. 
Yeah, she mentions it just kind of in passing. As they're all telling their stories, she says, you know, and I got addicted to caffeine pills. Yeah, she said, I got addicted to drugs that were legal, which I think isn't even like if they hadn't brought up weed at all and only talked about cocaine and caffeine pills, I would have been so happy with this episode. Yeah. Because if you're saying, hey, you can be addicted to something and be in a dangerous situation with something over the counter that you can just buy at CVS, that's fine. Like, like that's a valid point. It's funny because, like, I mean, I'm sure this is this is pretty much next in the episode. They become like CSI. Like, not CSI. They become like Law and Order. Like, they're, they're, they're confronting what's-his-name in the bathroom. Scud. Scud. Assuming they're like, oh, I guess we got our pot smoker. And then they go, like, confront him in the bathroom as if he can't annihilate both of them with one hand. Oh, I know. That guy's clearly, like, in his 30s and is he's built like a football player. He is gigantic. Huge. He's like, um, what was that Billy Joe guy from Varsity Blues? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like Just one guy. more head injury. Yeah, one more head injury. Not another team movie. Beautiful. Underrated. Go watch it. One of my favorites. So with the drug talk, there's some other stuff that happens. The real meat of the episode, the real kind of culmination of the whole thing is they go to Johnny Dakota's party. They get invited to go to his party. And this is where Kelly is confronted with a joint. But leading up to this, the other two famous names that I found, it's Jesse and Lisa are kind of bragging about different guys they were dancing with off camera. Mm-hmm. And they ha- they dance with Storm Sutherland and Luke Diamond. Okay, so I'm guessing Luke Diamond is Luke Perry. Or Lou Diamond Phillips. Or Lou Diamond <laughs> I think Fresh they off just... La Bamba. <laughs> I think they just smashed people together. Holy shit. And what Storm Sutherland. Storm, Storm Sutherland. Sutherland. You know what? For some reason, R- River Phoenix comes to mind. See, I was thinking Keither. Or I know, but Keither Sutherland was gross and like... <laughs> in his mid-30s by then. It's so gross that all these high schoolers are at this Hollywood party, by the way. Yeah, I mean, does a show like this get a pass that Johnny Dakota's in his early 20s and he's hitting on a 16-year-old? Like, I say no, but it's one of those things where it's like your suspension of disbelief just assumes everyone you encounter is a teenager unless they're the age of Mr. Belding. Like, if they're not balding, they're a teenager. Yeah, see, I went to find some quiz questions. I wanted to find some deeper things to ask you. And everywhere I found pretty much talked about the age difference between these characters. But I feel like in Saved by the Bell, it's like they can take anybody between 15 and 27 and just throw them into a big melting pot and sort of stir them around and pour them out. Well, because think about it when you're from the point of view of what age you were when this came out. So for me, the point of view I was is like, once you hit puberty, you look the same age to me, a baby. (laughs) Um, I was a little, little kid. I was born in 87. So I was like four when this came out. And even seeing it in reruns, I saw them all as the same age. Now that might be because 20 20 to 29 year olds always play teenagers on television. So I might have just assumed teenagers all looked like 20, mid 20 year olds. Yeah. So I think that's part of it. And I just did not see, I didn't see an age difference. I assumed that he was just a child actor and was the same age, but happened to be in Hollywood. But now, as an adult watching it, is when you notice, ew. (laughs) Oh, I can't remember. What was the... Oh, the premise for them leaving is that Screech... So Screech ends up convincing a lady that he is Johnny Dakota's stunt double. And then, in trying to reproduce a stunt on the back of a couch, falls and hurts his back. His his recreation of the stunt is so funny. He's like, I had to fall out of a car. It's like, do-do-do-do-do, driving, driving, driving. Oh, hello, ah! (laughs) (laughs) it's really funny as much as i'm not a fan of dustin diamond he really managed to encompass a living cartoon in a lot of these episodes yeah it no it was legitimately funny i i can't i can't deny a legitimately funny moment pretty much everybody but kelly picks up screech like a plank they carry him like a suitcase out because he's hurt his back well jesse and lisa they leave because like they've already gotten their rocks off from those dances which means like they're probably like grinding on the dance floor with these guys you know we need to talk about kelly's face too yeah i know that you would uh when we were arranging this episode you mentioned i can't remember your wording Whenever they pass a joint to her, I mean, she looks million... like she'd seen a corpse. It was, I think yeah, you said. it was like they introduced. They were like, "You want to see a dead body?" That's what it looked like. <laughs> 
it was, which I get it. You're in front of drugs. It's your first time being in front of drugs, but I really don't think you would be shell shocked. Like you're in Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. Her eyes do just kind of glaze over. She's she, yeah. Like, and it, it does a close up of her face as it's being passed in front of her. It's a joint Kelly relax. It looks like a cigarette. I guess you have to think of it though, in the context of Bayside with how squeaky clean everything is seeing a joint is probably like seeing a dead body. Yeah. I get, that's what you have to equate it with. Cause it, I don't know. It's one of my favorite moments of any special episode ever. They don't really make the weed look bad at this party. No, they like, even mention nobody... how good it is. <laughs> Yeah, nobody's lecherous and nobody's like licking their lips and like, come on, do it. And you see people reefer madness, yeah, there you know, are no having sex codes. on a piano in the background. <laughs> they go to the school the next day and Johnny's cool. I mean, Johnny's a cool dude who sees Zach and is like, hey man, you ready to record? Johnny's just ready to let it go. Yeah. Who wouldn't be? Yeah, exactly. Just like, oh man, sorry about the weed, I guess. He didn't even, it was just like, hey, that was a party. They have different rules. Let's go. Yeah. Well, and then Zach gets on him and Johnny says, I'm I'm paraphrasing here, but Johnny's like, well, it's my house. What I do in my house and what I do out here are two completely different things. Yeah. And he's right. I'm sorry. Zach is being ridiculous. I don't know who the fuck Zach thinks he is, but he's 16. All right. And this is an adult (laughs) and he was invited into his home. If this was Zach's house and his parents were away and his parents were going to come home and catch them, that would be one thing. But no, this was in Johnny's house. house. So what he does in his own home in California (laughs) is his own business. (laughs) I mean, I agree he shouldn't have done it with teenagers around and I would never have smoked if teenagers were around me. That's wrong because they're impressionable. And they have school. Zach's judgment can fuck right off. Like, I don't appreciate it. Yeah, he comes real high and mighty about the whole thing. And I just want Johnny to be like, I've been in movies. I own three fucking cars, dude. <laughs> fuck off. Right. And, in the, and this is like an inception moment. Because if you were going to tell me that Mark Paul Gosselier, at his peak Saved by the Bell days, wasn't smoking weed, that is a lie. So he is lying on that screen right now. And it just like, it drives me crazy. Johnny is super successful. So you can't make the argument that they do, that there's no hope with dope, which is the tagline of the episode. There's no hope with dope. But the guy who's smoking is a super successful actor who owns, like they mentioned when they're at that party, that that's just one of his houses. Right. And he continues to be successful. He doesn't get disgraced from it. He just walks off set and doesn't do the PSA. He goes off and makes a bunch more movies and starts the Pussy Posse with Leonardo DiCaprio. So (laughs) there you go. There's clearly quite a bit of hope with dope, really. So yeah, they end up making a PSA without Johnny Dakota. This is my favorite part of this entire episode for how ridiculous it is. Mr. Belding says, hold on, I think I know somebody I can call to get this PSA done. So it's presumably the same day that he calls... Brandon Tartikoff, who is the chairman of NBC. And he yeah. is legitimately the chairman of NBC at the time. Which is obvious. It's, he's he's not exactly the most fetching man. <laughs> and he doesn't exactly have the best acting ability. So. so they finish with the PSA with Brandon Tartikoff. We'll finish with this. I, I do wonder, you know, if you isolate the spot, right, that ends the episode. I wonder if they ever use the spot on its own for, like, the more you know or something. Like, I don't remember ever seeing it on its own, but I'm curious if they ever did. Not that I could find, no. Okay. Interesting. Like, why go through all that and make a real spot? Like, the whole episode was a PSA. Why do you have to make a real one if you're not going to use it out of context? So, and that's, of course, where the tagline, there's no hope with dope, comes from. Great rhyme. Yeah. It really does encompass, I think, a lot of the fun things and also a lot of the really bad things about Saved by the Bell. Yeah, it's a good balance. All right, well, that was Saved by the Bell, so now we got to take a quick commercial break. Hey, Joey, I got some stuff you just got to try. What is it? Pot. You know, marijuana. Well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Chicken. Joey's in a jam. What should he do? Get out of there! You got it. Let's see if Joey's that smart. Come on, chicken. You're a turkey. He's right. Drug dealers are dorks. Don't even talk to them. All right, and we're back. All right, so for my choice, you did a great job, by the way, let me just say. Clap, 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 clap. Why, thank you. It's because of the weed. But for me, I decided to go with alcohol, and I was inspired by Hannah from Film Roast, an amazing, amazing film podcast. Um, She submitted 
the episode that we're going to talk about today as one of the lessons last week. And I was like, whoa, because I, I watched the episode in full and I was actually kind of impressed by it, which does not often happen with Full House. Let me just say that straight away. Uh, so yeah, we're going to watch Full House. Just say no way. Another rhyme. Is it just easier to remember lessons when they rhyme? Yeah, absolutely. That's like the, that's like marketing 101. Be the best. Don't wear a vest. <laughs> That's a different I'm workshopping different ones, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was season three, episode 21, which is interesting because so was the Save by the Bell episode. It was also season three, episode 21, and uh, it aired March 30th, 1990. And give me that TV guide. Okay, hold on. Uh, yeah, let me... I actually put it in the trash. Hold on. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, the trash is on fire, too. Oh, no, okay. So I'll just look it up online. Okay. <laughs> Um, DJ is stunned to find her boyfriend drinking beer, but no more than Jesse, who finds DJ holding the can. So when it comes to Full House, I have a hard time focusing on the storylines that don't pertain to our theme. So I'm just going to gloss over those parts of the episode. You don't um, want to talk about Baby Beluga for I mean, yes, minutes? I do, because actually, surprisingly, that's one of the more accurate subplots they've ever had on Full House. <laughs> now, I am the age of the Olsen twins, so their experiences should line up with mine. And I could say this one absolutely lined up with my experience. I was obsessed with Raffi for a short period in my life. Um, she uh, Michelle becomes obsessed with Raffi just like I did when I was little, and it's much to the chagrin of her family and mine and it was just like this plot she 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 listens to it over and over and over with this little portable tape player I had probably the same one um it's the one you find in Toy Story you know that yeah. one yeah I had that one the play school one and I played the Raffi tape over I didn't only listen to Baby Beluga I listened to the whole tape and it actually came with a book and I made my whole family sing it with me and play the same song over and over and I had a the the book that came with it, they had it was about Baby Beluga. I made them read it to me all the time, so I could totally relate to this little subplot. But that's all I'm going to say about that. So let's get on to the meat of the episode. Okay. So DJ and Kimmy are in charge of the dance, which means they somehow get to choose the band and do all the shopping for food and stuff. Like, I don't know if that's how middle school dances are put together. And they managed to book the band Dogface, which is pretty impressive on such short notice. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to get dog face. They're a high school band. Yeah. <laughs> but she gets, uh, DJ gets to go with her crush, Kevin, because Stephanie uh, calls him in like a prank kind of manner, but it ends up working out and she gets a date for her sister. So go, Stephanie. Yeah, really. Stephanie, I got a newfound respect for Stephanie this episode. I remember from Full House her being the annoying sister, but Stephanie's pretty solid. In this episode alone. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's a great sister in this whole episode. So Dogface actually breaks up. So who's going to fill in for the band? Well, the totally rad dude Jesse Katsopoulos, of course. <laughs> and the marching band is going to be his backup band. You know, I guess they didn't want to go to the dance. Yeah, oh, they were OK Go 10 years before OK Go was a band. <laughs> Well, they were more like the E Street Band because they knew everything that was requested. Yeah, that that is always impressive in these shows because this isn't the only time that Jesse had just started playing with random band members. Right. And every one of them knows Pretty Woman. Right. And Wild Thing. Yeah. <laughs> so we meet Kevin and uh, he gets approached by these two little squirts at the dance and they steal him away to the hallway. And when I when I say little squirts... I mean it. I mean, these two little boys, like, have mullets. They have giant glasses. They're wearing oh, those yeah. same big puffy jackets that Zach was wearing in, in um, Saved by the Bell. They yeah. definitely got picked on on a daily basis. Yeah, these are, at my high school, they'd be called the Dirt Kids. <laughs> yeah, these kids were, I couldn't tell if they were great child actors or if they actually just found two like little vagabond children and put them in jackets and sat them in front of a camera yeah they're almost dickensian like yeah they claim to be 13 but they look 11 they're tiny they get picked on every day so the idea that they're the cool kids who are drinking in the hallway is just like hilarious to me all right so these kids are 12 13 and i'm sorry i'm not buying it did you drink beer at 12 or 13 no me, me neither now, I'm a bit of a prude. I didn't drink until I was of age. I hated the taste of alcohol. And 
especially beer. I thought beer in particular was like disgusting. So maybe, maybe if they had all been sharing one beer, I would have bought it because you could sneak one beer in and then, you know, like, like maybe they each took a sip, grimace and pass it on. And then acted like they were drunk. Yeah. Yeah, because how would they know? They're just like tossing back brewskis like dad's at a barbecue. <laughs> it just, it really looked ridiculous and it just takes you right out of it, you know? Yeah. At least the weed scene in Saved by the Bell was like, hey, this is good shit. Pass it. Like that was actually somewhat realistic. Um, and they never actually showed him smoking. You know, we were too busy looking at Kelly's face to see anybody smoke anything. Yeah. And I don't know about you. But at my school dances, there were teachers patrolling the hallways at all times just to look out for stuff like this. Oh yeah, there was no way you could leave the actual auditorium to walk through the halls of the school. And we had like people right posted outside. at all the doors. Yeah, exactly. And they were like right outside the gym doors. I mean, do you have any experience whatsoever with underage drinking? No, not really. I mean, I started drinking, I was like 20. I was like a couple of months away from my 21st birthday. So no, not really. Yeah, me too. I was dating one of my first like real long-term girlfriends in uh, high school. I This is when I was still straight edge. I had found out that before we'd gotten together, she had gotten drunk at a party once and I was mortified. It was something I had to like work through <laughs> to be okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I feel like such a such an asshole now, but it was something I legitimately was like, "What? You've been drunk before?" Yeah, you had a crisis of conscience over it. That's totally normal. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I did not I wasn't into alcohol growing up. I had plenty of friends who were I did get drunk once. I had like a vodka cranberry and got drunk, and I remember we were watching um Fight Club. And as we're watching it, like as the alcohol was hitting me, I remember having the thought why do I want to say everything that pops in my brain? <laughs> like without thinking. That's, you just, you literally boiled alcohol down to like its bare components right there. Pretty much. Yeah. So that was my first, that, that was when I was 16. And then I didn't drink again until I was of age. Well, I got to say, and maybe it was because of shows like this. I was, I was a wet blanket, you know, like you said, you know, like you, you lectured your girlfriend or you had to process it. And, there was lecturing for sure. And I, I wasn't I wasn't stupid enough to pick up evidence and parade it around like DJ. Yeah. You know, just in case an adult did see me and got the wrong idea. But I was absolutely the person who lectured someone for doing anything that seemed wrong. And I wasn't invited to many parties in high school as a result. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Jesse is a real dick about this too. I mean, no, actually no. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stand up for Uncle Jesse. He was doing okay. the right thing. He's an adult and her dad's not around. So he has to step in and I would grab her and get her out of there too. I mean, all right, just to step back for a second to explain what happened. DJ is trying to make fun of the boys by holding their beer and imitating them just to show them how stupid they look. And of course, that's when Jesse walks in and sees her with the beer, assuming she was drinking. She gets brought home immediately and she's trying to explain her case, but like any decent parents, they don't believe her. Would you believe her? Okay, listen, we know she's right, but think about it from Jesse's point of view. He's walking in on her, she's holding it, and she reeks of beer. And that's because one of the kids, one of the little squirts, sprayed it all over her. See, my yeah. thinking on, on the whole thing is, and it's probably with the hindsight of the show and seeing the show as a whole, DJ doesn't really do anything bad ever for the most part i mean you know she does things here or there but it's always so innocent in the context of how reality works like they even in the show she lies about not doing her homework just so they can call back to it later when she's saying you guys don't believe me yeah she's like that's totally different but it's like when you're a parent and you're worried that she's going down a slippery slope it doesn't seem so different yeah so i mean i get Jesse seeing that and taking her and not believing her. But there's a car ride home. There's a whole point of her saying, you guys don't believe me. You guys aren't listening to me. And she has never shown any sort of evidence that she would do anything like this ever. I guess that's true. But the one, so the one thing I'm going to give DJ to kind of support your point is she seems totally lucid. Like if she yeah. had actually drank enough beer to smell like it, she would be pretty drunk. 
I would think. So I, that's the one thing that should have been like, wait, why is she talking like a normal, like this is how she always talks. There's no way she's figured out how to pretend to be sober her first time <laughs> drinking. <laughs> yeah, that takes a good five or six years, easy. Oh yeah, that takes some practice. So it's time for DJ to take matters into her own hands. And she sneaks out of the house to the dance, which only makes them feel worse. You know, like now they're like, oh shit, like everything bad is happening at once. She's a terrible teenager. Yeah. And Kevin and his friends have been busted for drinking. So DJ can talk to a Kevin that is awaiting his fate to the guillotine from the principal. And (laughs) she schools that motherfucker on how wrong he was for screwing her over. Because he didn't stand up for her. He just kind of let his friends who are not friends, but he let the little squirts like stomp all over her. And then like, he, he wasn't even there. Like he left, he just like left her there to get in trouble. So like Hannah from film Rose said in our lessons episode, it's just really cool to see such a young girl stand up for herself and stand up to her crush, no less. And I'm sure this had a great impression on me as a young girl. Yeah. I I think this was a really good moment in full house in general. And it, it taught a lesson without being super preachy about it. Absolutely. And so Jesse and Danny come back to look for her. And when they walk in, Kevin is about to walk out and he tells them the truth. And they feel like shit for not believing her. Like it hits her. And it's funny because like Jesse says immediately like, oh man, I, I'm sorry, man. You, so- I saw this. I saw this. I made this assumption. And Danny's like, don't feel bad. It's not your fault. You did the right thing. It's all very realistic. Yeah, I had that exact same thing written down. When they find out, Jesse just, like, shrugs to Danny, like, not like, oh, whatever, but a legitimate shrug and says, sorry, man. And it's such a heartfelt moment. And Danny, hand on his shoulders, like, it's okay, man. You did what you could. Right. It's like I would have done the same thing. Yeah, it's so it's a very real moment. Like, as long as you're part of a well-adjusted family, this is what's going to happen in that situation. Like, almost this exact scenario. Most kids won't sneak out of their house successfully to go back and redeem themselves immediately. It would happen days later. I don't know. I was kind of impressed by that. And this is where you cue the schmaltzy music because it's time for the famous full house heart to heart. <laughs> Jesse is like, I should be the one to talk to her because I fucked this up. And he talks to her and he makes some really good points. This is the best talk of an adult to a child. Oh, I was just, again, I I can't gush enough about how I think this episode handled this subject matter really well. He brings up, it. Oh, it's, I'm so impressed. Like, it's to the point where I might steal this for my child when she, <laughs> when they get older and start making mistakes. Like, he says, listen, because like, she was like, they look so stupid. That was easy. And he was like, yeah, well, you know, that was easy now. But in the future, it's going to be a lot more gray area. And it's going to be a lot harder. That's why I'm so proud of you for making the right decision tonight. It's not that hard to say no. Those kids were acting like idiots. We made it through tonight. Sad truth is that you're going to be faced with a lot of tough decisions in your life. And not just about drinking either, about about drugs and about sex and who knows what. I just wish you could grow up in a world where you can enjoy being a kid, but I'm sorry, pal, it's not the way it is. Whoa, like he's being, <laughs> he's treating her like an adult right now. He's giving her respect right now. And it, it just, it's a great, it's a great speech. It's a legit message. Yeah. It, I think it carries the message a lot better than the Saved by the Bell episode. Did. 100%. It might have, it's funny. Saved by the Bell presented the situation in a better way. Full House presented the solution in a better way. Yeah, absolutely. But that's it. It actually ends pretty abruptly after that speech. You know, usually we get a wrap up with a joke or a light moment, like, I expected them to all go home and sing Baby Beluga to Michelle one last time, and she would be like, enough, I'm sick of that song. <laughs> like, that's usually what Fit Full House would do. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was their No Hope With Dope PSA moment right there. It's just that final talk credits. A lot more effective, if you ask me. It's like they were like, listen, guys, we get one shot to talk to kids about drinking. Let's, let's, let's take this seriously. Yeah. I really appreciated it. Yeah, it didn't It didn't play like you are stupid, like I think the Saved by the Bell episode did. Agreed. And it's funny because they're dealing with a younger audience. 
than Saved by the Bell is. And they're treating him with more respect and more maturity. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, pencils ready. It's quiz time. All right. Do you know what that's from, by the way? Oh, my God. My quiz music? I, I've heard it in your episodes, and I feel like it's from a Nick Arcade. Yep, it's Nick Arcade. Like of... It's Mikey. Okay, yes. yes. It's Mikey walking in Nick Arcade. <laughs> yeah. And it's usually like he, he like the, the host always like invented lyrics to it. He'd be like, here we go, we're gonna play something. Yes. Here we go now. <laughs> like, he, I loved him. I actually took a, they used to take a quiz to see which 90s game show host you were, and I got that guy. I was so happy. <laughs> God, man, Nick Arcade's something that would be awesome to talk about. They need to bring it back. That I'm sorry. Like, like, I saw, uh, the other day I saw a fucking Candy Crush game show. Yes. So um, Nick Arcade has to come back. And I'm pretty sure toasted by Mario Lopez. Oh, how lame. All right, so... <laughs> Brandon, you put together two quizzes for us. I did. The first quiz I did was Saved by the Bell-centric. And all of the... Like, you answered, I think, two of the three questions just in our Oops. discussion of the episode. So this one is going to be pretty easy for you. Well, good thing you have the extra credit quiz, then. Yeah, exactly. So here, I'll, here's the regular quiz right here. Actor Eddie Garcia was dating which cast member at the time? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I had a feeling that I shouldn't have said that. Like, I had a feeling that was going to be one of the quiz questions, so... My bad. Yeah, he was dating Tiffany Amber Thiessen at the time. Not that you can tell from their scintillating chemistry on screen. Oh yeah, but yeah, they were apparently dating. I will say there is a not there's not a lot of trivia on this episode that makes for good quiz questions. I run into that problem a lot. Yeah, I tend to in general to... show trivia when I run into that problem. But regardless, what does the AC and AC Slater stand for? Is it? Albert Clifford or Alfred Clifford? Albert Clifford. It's Albert Clifford. Yep. It's the yep, worst fucking name. It. Yeah, it, it's it's not good. He would have been and the Screech if he had stuck with that name. This one I think I might have you on. Okay. In the PSA, when Screech pops out of his locker, what poster does he have hanging in his locker? Oh, God. That you can see. Yeah, I, did, I didn't pay that close attention. Um, I'm going to go... With Revenge of the Nerd of the Nerds is two on the nose. I'm gonna go with a Stephen Hawking poster. <laughs> very close. They're both they're who it is is very similar to Stephen Hawking. It is John Lennon smoking a joint. Oh my god! Oh my god! What the hell? That means that he totally perpetuates it. Yeah. If you rewatch that scene, you see it for half a second, but it's a black and white picture of John Lennon smoking a joint. Holy shit do you know how many dorm rooms had that fucking picture as a poster yeah exactly crazy oh my god we have to post that on our instagram and facebook and then here's my other quiz this is my extra credit not that you really need it because you got two out of three right there so you really nailed this one so i am going to name street names for drugs and i'm gonna have you guess which drugs they are and i'm just gonna wrap i'm gonna rapid fire these (laughs) Okay, okay 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 this drug is also known on the street as Casper Chalk Kryptonite or Tornado. That sounds like cocaine to me. Close. Crack. Uh, I feel like I should give that one to you because crack and cocaine are, are so very, very similar. Is it chalk because of, of what it does to, like, how it makes you ashy? I think crack is kind of chalky looking, isn't it? Yeah, I guess you're right. I've never, I've never done crack. I, I haven't either. I've only ever seen, you know, the pictures from all the PSAs and stuff, and it, I, I think of the rocks, but I don't know what it looks like when it's broken down. I thought it becomes cocaine. I don't know. Uh, this one is known as Disco-Rama, Medusa, Boppers, or Satan's Secret. Disco-Rama. Medusa, Boppers, or Satan's Secret. All I can think of is, like, speed, like, um, uppers, like speed. Uh, this was just listed as inhalants. Okay, yeah, uh, that's what I was. I I, th- I was trying to think of the word like poppers or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And the final one here. This is. <laughs> this was known as blue kisses, New Yorkers, or disco biscuits. Listen, all of these are from Studio Fifty Four days. Um, <laughs> disco oh no, biscuits. I, I went as like seventies off as I could with these nicknames. So, Disco Biscuits makes me think it's Quaaludes. You're hanging out downtown. You and your friends decide to do a couple Disco Biscuits before you go into the actual disco. You would be taking MDMA. Oh, man. 
fun. That makes sense. To me, I was thinking, like, what, uh, again, I, I have zero experience with, st- with drugs like these. But, like, when I saw Quaaludes, they were, like, these gigantic pills that looked like um, Alka-Seltzer or something. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought, that looks kind of like a biscuit. So... <laughs> <laughs> So you don't have a lot of experience with Disco Biscuits and Satan's Secret? No, I was never invited to Studio 54. I didn't hang out with Andy Warhol, so <laughs> I didn't get to try any of that stuff. And I never tried, like, MDMA. I never did ecstasy or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, this is so out of my wheelhouse. I'm I, I'm one of those people, like, when I found weed, I was happy and I stopped. <laughs> you know? Uh, well, I can also tell you that I've never heard, because I have had a, some experience with things, I have never heard anybody use any of these names for any of these drugs on the streets. Yeah, no, the, it all sounds like bullshit. <laughs> That's hilarious, though. Thank you for that. That's so funny. So you got two out of three. You missed the uh, bonus questions, but I don't think that it. matters. Yeah, exactly. All right, so I got some Full House questions for you. They're not quite as entertaining, but let's see what you do. Which of these was not a catchphrase of Full House? Cut it out. Who, me? Oh, my Lanta. Have mercy. Who, me? Yep. (laughs) I've watched the new Full House, so I know that they say, oh, my Lanta. They do say, oh, my Lanta, which is... And they they really hammer it home with the, oh, my Lanta, too. Really? I have not watched Fuller House. I watched the pilot, and then I was like, yeah, I can't do this. (laughs) It's actually... I would recommend giving it another shot. It's actually not as bad as it seems. It's pretty good. I've heard it has some pretty great messages for the modern day, specifically having to do with um, IVF and having trouble getting pregnant like it's had a lot of great messages there so i'm not speaking up against it it's just i have a hard time with those traditional sitcoms now that i'm an adult yeah the little kid says holy chalupas oh, that's his catchphrase off. oh god okay yeah i couldn't take it and i have a problem with cameron um candace cameron burke i have a problem with her I'm yeah she's not family. a not a great person or a great family Ter- terrible terrible role models all of them yeah during a big wedding scene in the show, which character's actress wore their actual wedding attire? So first you have to figure out which big wedding scene. There weren't many. Okay. But the most important wedding, probably. Uh, I'm going to say the actress who played Becky. I can't remember her name. Ding, 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 ding. Lori Laughlin. Yeah, she wore her yeah. actual wedding dress. All right, final question. Oh, wait. Oh, I only did two questions. What the hell is wrong with me? So I've got 100% then. Seems you got like. 100%. Yeah, you're the oh, winner yeah. today. I went into this thinking I would have no idea because I've, I've heard some of your other trivia questions and they are pretty out there. I know. I've gotten, you know, you know what it was? Is I didn't have one of those who was almost cast questions. Those are the ones that always get everybody. Um, <laughs> it's not fair. I'm not fair the way I do things and I'm working on it. I try to make these easy and they're, they're I think they're relatively easy. So, you know, I'm a work in progress. I'm not some quiz master over here. I think your quiz was fantastic. Thank you. And <laughs> You know what, Brandon? I got to say, all this talk about drugs and alcohol is uh, making me want something. No. Um, it's making <laughs> me think of this other major PSA from our childhood that you might remember. Mm-hmm. And we don't have time to talk about it today. Oh. But... I would really love to talk about it, and I want to know, do you remember a little special called the Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue? Absolutely, I do, yes. Introduced by the Bushes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I, I would have a lot to say about this, okay, so good. I would I love think, to discuss it. Yeah, I think we should dedicate an entire episode. Tune in next time. We're, Brandon, you're going to come back. And I am? Yes, yes, if you would like. This is an open invitation to talk about Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue. Okay. With Mickey and Bugs Bunny and just everybody. I mean, this this thing. Winnie the Pooh. Everybody. Every every important. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Every important cartoon character of the moment was in this. The game's all It's the real Cartoon All-Stars. It really is. It's the most incredible. It's incredible. Like, we will never see anything like it again. So I'm really excited to talk about it. I wish we had time today, but just tune in next time. Yeah. Um, Brandon, thank you so much for joining me. You have contributed so much today. Like, you made my job so easy. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm feeling so me. relaxed. <laughs> I want to give you this platform 
to tell me about Dueling Ogres and tell people where to find you. Uh, you can find me at DuelingOgres.com on iTunes, Stitcher, any place you can type in I Want Podcast and then type in Dueling Ogres, we are probably there. Um, it's a podcast that my friend and I do where we basically talk pop culture, kind of a focus on geeky stuff, movies. We do some science news. Sometimes we just talk. I talk about my history with mental issues and stuff, so that gets into it some too. It's really sort of free form. It's kind of a shotgun approach. Um, over on Dueling Ogres, we also have articles that we write. So if you want to go over there and read, we do RPG reviews. We have a bunch of different writers that write stuff. So there's RPG reviews, movie reviews, uh, just general blogs from people who write for us. So, yeah, check us out. We're also on Facebook. You can go there and like us. We're on YouTube. Literally, like I said, we are everywhere. All right, everybody. So go check out the Dueling Ogres. And I got to do more listening. I only listened a little bit. So I got to do more because you guys are really charismatic and I really enjoyed it. Why, thank you. And all right, so we'll see you, you know, in a couple weeks for Cartoon All-Stars to the rescue. Bye. And as always, have a good night. Well, you look like three fine lads. You know, I might have something here you'd like to try. Something to make you feel real good. joining us for this episode of the 90s TV Hour, part of the Geekscape Network at geekscape.net. If you liked us, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. It'll help us reach new 90s kids just like you, and we really appreciate it. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at 90s TV Hour and join the 90s TV Hour addicts on Facebook for great 90s content every day. And you can contact us with show ideas or whatever you want to share at 90stvhour at gmail.com. See you next time.